Welcome to The Wrong Side, the podcast where we talk about the latest happenings in pop culture to make sure you never find yourself on the wrong side of history. This week, we'll be talking about the new D'Amelio family TV show, the Lizzie McGuire reboot being canceled, and Prince Harry and Meghan Markle signing another content deal. Let's discuss. Five, four, three, Five, two, four, one. Let's one. go. Let's go. Christmas. Christmas. Level up. Christmas. Level up. Level up. Level up. Level up. Why is so yummy? Yeah. Dude, that song just reminds me of Orange Theory. Did you ever go to Orange Theory with me? I don't think I ever went with you. I think I did like two free classes in Seattle and then I quit. Oh, my homie Craig always played that song. I miss Orange Theory. That's like one of the one things that I feel sad about not having in the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like the, the serotonin was off the charts. Anyways. No, they did have great playlists. I mean, that song is iconic. It's probably one of my favorite workout songs of all time. However, I was more so using it as a countdown to Christmas, but I'm glad we can also talk about Orange Theory, whatever you want. You just, you triggered a memory within me that I needed to bring up because <laughs> it made me sad. It made me remember the good times. <laughs> Speaking of good times, there will be none to look forward to after Christmas is over this week. Yeah. I mean, actually my birthday, but I'm turning 24, which is sad also. So, and it's just crazy because my last birthday I got to spend in Hawaii, which was incredible. And oh, so I fun. forgot about that. That was in 2020. Yeah. That was the very beginning of the year. Wow. I'm, I feel so lucky that I got to do that in 2020 because that was like, I mean, easily the highlight of my year. No, like, I'm trying to think of what my highlight would even be. I didn't travel anywhere. I went to upstate New York right before the pandemic. That was fun. But other than that, my only travel would be um, flying home and never leaving. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sad about Christmas being over. Um, In our last episode, we talked about how, well, you disagreed with me. I know that you know that I'm right, but that Mm -hmm. time is coming and going so quickly. And I just knew that when Thanksgiving was over, Christmas was going to come up on our asses and then it was just going to fucking spank us in the ass and then run away and not come back for a year. And I'm so upset over it because it's happening before my eyes and it hurts. I will not make any comments about agreeing with you from the last episode in regards to any of our Taylor Swift commentary because I still (laughs) very much stand firmly on my side. But I will agree with you that Christmas did sneak up on our asses. Because Christmas is your favorite holiday, right? You said that. By far. By far. I'm just, and I'm, I'm sad because it's been snowing here a lot in the last week, but now it's all gone and I looked at the forecast and no snow. And I'm like, that's, that's my only requirement of Christmas every year is that, yeah. no, I have two. One, I get presents and two, there's snow on the ground. <laughs> I don't understand why that's, is it too much to ask for? I guess it's 2020. So maybe so. You know, what's crazy is like there, cause you're in Spokane, which, you know, for followers don't know, I grew up in Spokane and Emily grew up outside of Spokane. And so I'm familiar with the climate that Emily is currently living in and <laughs> So many years growing up, like, it would seem like there was no snow on the horizon, and then there was nothing in the weather, and then on Christmas morning, snow, beautiful, incredible, iconic. It was truly, like, living in Spokane during the holidays, probably one of the most magical things ever, and that's saying a lot because Spokane generally is, you know... Not no, anything not, to write home about. Not on the top cities to visit in the U.S. But no, I. here's the thing. People do love to shit on Spokane. And actually, there was a TikTok that went viral earlier this week about some guy 
saying that he lives in Spokane and across the street from him there's like a hand in a window and everybody oh. was like you need to do a wellness check like call the cops everybody was freaking out and I think it ended up being just a mannequin or something but everybody was commenting like I'm not surprised this is Spokane you know everybody loves to hate Spokane and there yes. are parts of it that deserve it but nobody ever believes me when I tell them that that during the holidays it is the best maybe not the best but it is a great place to be it's just crazy because like growing up it feels so Spokane is really cool because it's it's very it's like the perfect size having gone to school in Eugene which is like definitely a small college town like you know if you want to do like big city stuff you drive to Portland honestly like Spokane and Portland seem to me to be like the same exact fucking size like Portland is pretty fucking small Spokane has all the shops you need it has snow it has four seasons but it's just like extremely Republican, which I didn't realize until I left. Yes, unfortunately, yeah. because we are so close to Idaho. But yeah. my favorite part about Spokane by far is the seasons. Yes, there's 100%. no, there's no better city. There's no city that does it better than Spokane in regards to season. I've never lived somewhere where there is such a clean and clear, crisp transition, and it's so satisfying. No, and I feel like we might be losing our listeners a little bit because yeah. it's hard to convey just how right you are about that. Like, thank you. When you look at the calendar and you see visualize four seasons: fall, summer, winter, spring. Didn't do that in the right order, but it's fall, fine. Summer, winter, spring. That's actually what you get in Spokane. So anyway, we'll leave it at that. Let's get into our question of the day. Emily and I spoke before we started recording to learn that we, we both were very invested in Santa Claus as children, but we didn't talk further than that because I want to hear about it on the pod. The question of the day is, how did you learn that Santa wasn't real? Do you want to go first? I want you to go first. Okay. Rude. So I believed in Santa Claus until I was legit 14. <laughs> I don't know. I know you said you also believed in him a little bit late, but I'm, I have a feeling I'm later than you. Bare, barely. Like, like photo so I know. 13. Oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> I feel like I had a very nuanced understanding of how Santa Claus works. And as I grew older, I still believed in him, but like, I didn't necessarily believe that he like came down in a chimney or anything. Yes. I, I kind of believed that he worked with my parents <laughs> and that it was like a parents thing also my parents were so sweet and they made Christmas so magical my mom has the most beautiful fairy tale handwriting that she would only use for Santa Claus and the fairy the tooth fairy and oh. it was like all swirly and beautiful it was a little suspicious that they were the exact same and I think we're <laughs> catching on to that as I grew older but literally like we would leave cookies out every night Santa Claus would write us oh my gosh I'm getting emotional because I forgot that she did this actually well I didn't forget but I just haven't thought about it Santa Claus would write us a long like letter and leave oh. it next to the cookies and I would like go downstairs and read it and it like tided me over until we got to open Christmas presents and stuff and Santa would also leave us each kid one present that was all wrapped in like special Santa wrapping paper. So like we never, like we didn't see that wrapping paper in the house. So it helped us like believe in him or whatever. And then- So cute. So cute. My dad would go outside on Christmas Eve and walk through the snowy road jingling bells. 
my god all the way all the way (laughs) and you would just kind of hear it faintly in the distance as you're falling asleep and you would literally be like oh my god like I have to go to bed or else he's not gonna come and so like you would go to bed it was really quite magical and now looking back I'm like oh that is so fucking precious like they really went the extra mile yeah but anyway that's just gives context into how much I fucking believed in him the way that I found out he wasn't real was we were opening our Santa gifts, which always got open last, and they were always typically, like, the bigger gifts. Yes. Like, ones that were, you know, exciting, like a bike or, like, stuff like that. I got my very first desktop computer, or my first computer ever, but it was a desktop computer from Santa, and I, like, cried when I opened it because I wanted a computer so bad. I was always in my sister's room, like, using her computer. Oh my God, Santa had a good year that year. The numbers were looking good. You could feel <laughs> a little generous. But I opened it. I pulled out like the thing, the box with the computer in it. And there was a return address. <gasps> no. Receipt, like a receipt in the box. And it said my dad's name and his work address. No. And I'm not even shitting you. I, there's pictures and I can try to go into the um, archive and find them of me holding that paper, realizing that Santa's not real. On <laughs> Christmas morning? At 14 years old. <laughs> oh my god! And then I was like, wait, like, is he not real? And my parents were like, no, he's real. Like, he just sent it to your dad's work. <laughs> oh no! And I felt very wronged because, like, everybody at school made fun of me for still believing in Santa. Oh, same. And I was very fervent about it. I was like, well, like, if your parents are giving you gifts and you just must not be, like, being good. Like, oh, something. dude, I did the same thing. I was like, well, must suck to be you. Maybe Santa <laughs> just doesn't come to your house. I would get so defensive about it. Like, everybody telling me that Santa wasn't real, like, did not phase me in the slightest. No, same. But yeah, and I, and I got over it quickly. I was like, you know what? Like, the evidence was not in Santa's favor, so I'm okay with it. I understand. But I just, I really, like, went to bat for Santa, especially as I got older. Same. Oh my god, I didn't realize we were the same on this. That's so funny. Okay, let's hear yours. Quick side note, I, my parents were also just the freaking best. Like, I, I swear to god, I was an investigative journalist as a kid, because not only would I, you know, look for all those little hints that Santa had been there or the tooth fairy had been there. But what I used to do is I would write on a piece of paper questions for the tooth fairy and for Santa and for the Easter bunny. I would literally write out questions on a piece of paper and then my mom would write answers. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, they, re- they responded. Like my poor mom was probably like, like I already have to sneak in there and put some money under her pillow or like do all these presents and now I have to answer all these goddamn questions. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but they really did go above and beyond. And it does like, Lord knows if I'll ever have children. But if I do, I I am so excited to be able to like bring that to life for them because it's just such a sweet tradition and like the magic is real. But when I realized, so yeah, I was also 13 and I cannot emphasize enough how much I was similar to you in the way that I would, people started telling me that Santa wasn't real in probably second grade because a lot of people had older siblings that had told them and then it had just spread like wildfire throughout my elementary school and but I yeah even people telling me I was like I don't believe you get out of my face with those lies I yeah in one ear out the other however when I was probably in I want to say sixth or seventh grade I forget I went to see a play 
in Colfax, Washington, which is a really <laughs> tiny town. But at the time, I thought I was seeing a Broadway production. And they were performing Annie. And there was one girl, her name was Lindsay, and she played Annie. And I was just obsessed with her because her singing voice, like I had never seen a play like that before. And honestly, she does have a beautiful voice. But it was like the first time that I had really seen a song come to life in front of me and she just killed it as Annie and I was obsessed with her. I think growing up when I liked a celebrity or I I found someone that really inspired me or that I look up to, I was obsessed. And turns out this girl who played Annie, her dad worked with my dad, so they were family friends. And so for Christmas that year, my dad got me a signed picture of that girl that played Annie oh being God. like, Emily, like, you know, da, 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 da. like, I'm so glad you liked it or blah, blah, blah from Lindsay. And <laughs> they wrapped it as, as being from Santa. And so that was when it clicked for me there's no way that Santa went and knocked on this girl's door and said, hey, would you mind signing this? Like, this was just a random middle school girl. This was not a Broadway star. And then I realized, oh, my dad definitely did this, and Santa is no longer real. Wow. So your parents really underestimated your level of expertise. Well, and I think they thought that I didn't believe in Santa anymore. I think they thought that I had gotten over it. So they were like getting a little more lax with the presence, you know, like they could have, but I'm glad that they did because otherwise I might be sitting here being like, why is the question of the day? How did you learn that Santa wasn't real? He is real. I'm confused. And you, we would have to argue. So I'm glad that they did it when they did because it was, it was getting to a point where there needed to be an intervention. No, like, okay, wait. So, so just to, to preface before we keep going, we're not super like, you know, gung-ho about our stories today. So if you came here for the stories, um, we'll add the timestamps. But I actually have a couple things I want to ask. So first of all, when it comes to this whole Santa thing, just being in the Christmas spirit, I am on Elf on the Shelf TikTok. (laughs) And I want to talk to you about Elf on the Shelf. And I just want to get your thoughts and opinions because I feel very torn about Elf on the Shelf. Elf on the Shelf is just the new, it's Santa 2.0. Mm-hmm. It's like another level of like lying to your children. I don't mm-hmm. even know how I feel about lying about Santa. Obviously I'm going to do it because who wouldn't, but like Elf on the Shelf is a little bit suspicious. Are you familiar with the um, the way that Elf on the Shelf works? Yes. And honestly, it just, I don't get the hype. It creeps me out a little bit and it creeps me out too. Well, and I don't, I never did it either. I, I, I don't know how long it's been around, but it didn't start popping off until I thought I didn't start hearing about it till I was in like college and, or even like when I started babysitting and maybe the kids that I babysat had Elf on the Shelf. But even then, if they had it, it was like he just moved around in the house. He didn't do all of this like choreographing all of these like little scenes, which is all the rage now. Yeah, I saw a TikTok where they have the Elf on the Shelf pop up into the camera where the kid is like watching and that's just creepy that would have given me nightmares that's freaky hang on i i need to give some background if you don't know what elf on the shelf is i mean you probably heard of it but just so people understand how it works you buy this little elf at target (laughs) that's branded elf on the shelf but it it has to be the name brand (laughs) It, it started out as a trend where so basically the way that it works is the elf comes on like december 1st or maybe even like you could do like the 12 days of Christmas if you wanted, like 12 days up until, but a lot of people do it 
at the beginning of December because then they get their kids to behave well for an entire month. (laughs) Because the way that it works is you put your elf literally on the shelf and you tell your kids, you name your elf. So let's say its name's Bob and they say, Bob is here from the North Pole. And every night he goes back to the North Pole and reports to Santa about if you're being a good boy or not. I think it's like, you know that he's telling Santa you're good if he moves every single day and like you have to go and find him. So when it first started, people would just move the elf like different places throughout the house every morning. And then like the kid would make sure that it moved. Then they get excited because they know that the elf is going back (laughs) to talk to Santa Claus every day. So yeah, like a little bit weird and manipulative because the whole reason is to get your kids to be good, which is why it's like a little bit weird. Now people go the extra mile and they like put their elves into like little scenes every morning. Yeah, everybody's turning into like an executive producer in their own home. It's actually fucking crazy. And I'm sure a lot of people don't go to this extreme because it's out of control. Like, what's an example? Like, I've seen... (sighs) Well, the one that I just briefly mentioned. So there's a video where they have a camera up in the living room and apparently the kid watches it to see if he can like catch the elf on the shelf moving around and then the parent literally shoves the elf in front of the camera (laughs) right in front of it it's like a paranormal activity scene but before that you see the elf like somehow crawling across the room it's literally paranormal activity in no way do i watch that and think oh the christmas spirit i think move out of your house burn the thing down like an exorcism (laughs) needs to take place in there i don't like it But then a lot of people also, I've seen multiple people this year doing, they put their elves in jars and then they say he's in a mandatory 14 day quarantine so that they don't have to move him for 14 days. No, no. But yeah, stop. Like get an advent calendar and call it a year. No, I know. But it's also kind of crazy though, because like everybody does it. So it's almost like if you're the parent that doesn't do it, then you're like literally ruining Christmas for your kid because they're like all the kids at school are talking about Elf on the Shelf, like, who is he and why don't I have one? So then you have to go and buy one, even though it may be against your morals. So you, you have know? to go to Target and get the name brand. You gotta get the name brand. If you don't get the name brand, like, you're trash, apparently. <laughs> Hang on. Let me do some investigative journalism here and just find out the cost of one of these bad boys. Actually, it's very interesting. When you log into the, or when you go to elfontheshelf.com, there is one side that says parents so you click if you're a parent and one side that says kids so you click if you're a kid because they don't want to ruin the surprise for the kids i'm sure a lot of kids just click parents anyways but yeah is this netflix if i go to the elf ideas section so here's an example so they also sell accessories so that if you want to set up an entire scene you can do that but then they have this entire blog with ideas for your elf on the shelf. So this one is like donut delivery. Sweet treats are always on the menu when your scout elf comes home. When they arrive for the season, they'll plan a yummy breakfast so you do not have to worry about a season's first meal. Materials, color printer, cardstock, printable, printer, scissors, plate, donuts, instructions. One, your elf will print and cut out the printable sign and it says, do not worry or do not worry. I'm back and I'm ready to have a whole lot of fun. Then they will prop it near a plate of delicious donuts for you to enjoy. I feel ill. I I mean, it's kind of genius, and it's honestly kind of fun. Like, now I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. No! (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait, let me find another one. Candy Cane Garden. 
your scout elf has a green Christmas thumb. With a little watering and patience, they will grow full-size candy canes. Materials, soft peppermint candies, mini and full-size candy canes, small bucket or cup, crushed chocolate cookies, mini Waterington. So basically you put little peppermints in a can of crushed up Oreos to look like little seeds. And then every day you grow the peppermint so you do the mini peppermint the next day and then you do the full size peppermint the third day oh it's a candy cane garden oh god why do i want to do this for myself <laughs> i hate this tradition i'm sorry i i did advent calendars and I, do you remember the santa tracker website where you could see where santa was at over the world that was yes my tradition. <gasps> i love that that was very fun Overall, parent, parents just need to chill. No, oh my god, it's a, we are about to do a thirty-minute intro on Elf on the Shelf, but it's fun. We just <laughs> said it's weird. I just need to find out how much it is so I can buy one. <laughs> I swear to God, thirty dollars. Oh my god, including the book with ideas, dude. I love capitalism. <laughs> I will not be doing that tradition. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. I know this is going on a little long, but I just love Christmas and this makes me, I just love reverting back to childhood, you know? I'm on um, Elf on the Shelf Pinterest. Stop it, Audrey. I'm, this is where I draw the line. <laughs> oh, but it's so fun. No. But I was with you until I saw the pictures on the website and now... You're on the wrong side. That's all I have to say. <laughs> You're going to be on some like mommy blogger website and I give it two days. I want to be a mommy blogger so bad. If I could have any job in the world. Do you, no, if I could have any job in the world or if I could be any person in the world, it would be Jade Liz Roper because she's hot. She's international. She's nationally known. And she literally is a mom for a living and like makes money off of it. And that's fucking tight. But she also gave birth in a closet. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Honestly, she didn't have to pay any hospital bills, so kind of iconic. The baby's great. It was probably traumatic, but, like, she's healthy, she's happy, and she's put it behind her. She's very strong. I really do wish I could be just an influencer sometimes. Like Not a podcaster? Well, ¿por qué no los dos? (laughs) (laughs) Remember that commercial? Yes. Oh my God. What an iconic commercial. Holy shit. Guys, can you tell we are just putting off talking about these stories? Yeah. So we were putting together this outline and I had a few stories to basically pitch to Audrey and she just kind of went, hmm, okay. I just, there's just nothing. I'm sorry. I'm yawning because I'm so bored of these stories. There's just (laughs) nothing that really happened. So let's just kind of talk about it and we'll just see where the wind blows us. I, I do have some thoughts. Like I'm not thoughtless. But you are a thought truth (laughs) (laughs) yeah we there weren't really any you know major groundbreaking stories this week and we're even recording this on a sunday so we really did wait until the last possible minute for a story to break unfortunately the world let us down but there were a bunch of these just kind of mini stories that we yeah wanted to briefly discuss so we're going to be a little all over the place but again reference the timestamps. So the first thing is the D'Amelio family getting a show. Lord help us all. So the (laughs) D'Amelio family has signed a deal with Hulu for an eight-episode reality series called The D'Amelio Show. Really, really original. The series will feature Charlie, her sister Dixie, dad Mark, and mom Heidi as they navigate their nearly overnight fame and their life in L.A. Quote, 
We are excited to be joining the Hulu family with a unique behind-the-scenes look into our life, said Mark D'Amelio in Hulu's press release. We've always been a very close family, but this experience has brought us even closer, and we're really excited to share a glimpse of our lives with the world. Many people create impressions of us based off of short content, a few minutes, or even seconds. But now we're looking forward to sharing a side that you likely don't get to see on our social channels. And Audrey posted this on her Instagram and was like, can't wait to watch the shit out of this or something. And I immediately, and a lot of people saw this already, but uh, we are seeking another host to join the show because I will not be covering this. You're so immature. Like, just (laughs) your fucking job. Like, you get paid for what? I just think this is a horrible, (laughs) horrible idea. And Hulu is up to something because even like their vice president of documentaries in a press release said, the D'Amelio show joins our growing slate of docuseries about the human experience. And we're incredibly excited to partner with the D'Amelio family to offer viewers an authentic look at the complicated lives of these two relatable young women thrust to the top of the social media algorithm. They're just really, they're really trying to do something here because there was also news that Hulu signed this massive deal with the Kardashian family for new content. And nobody really knows what that looks like. All Kris Jenner really said was excited to announce our new multi-year partnership with Hulu and Star and what's to come in 2021. Nobody really has any hard details about this or like when it's releasing, what's happening. But Hulu is doing something. They're trying to become woke. They're trying to get Gen Z. I just, the Kardashian one I'm definitely more excited about. The D'Amelio family, oh God. I just, Dixie D'Amelio has become one of my least favorite people in the entire world. And I I refuse to watch because of her. Yeah, I mean, I don't like her either, but I don't like really any of the Kardashians either. Like, it's more just about being fascinated by these people, you know, and I want to know what they're into, what they're doing how they're doing it. I mean, they're going to have this show whether or not I like them or not. So I may as well learn something about this experience of especially Charlie. And what I do think is cool, I mean, it's kind of inevitable, right? Because like you have these people like Charlie. I mean, if it wasn't Charlie, it was going to be Addison or Lauren Gray. Like one of them was going to get a TV show because they are living an experience that no one else in the world has ever experienced. And I want to know more about it. Like, I want to know how they're doing. I hope it's not a bunch of frou-frou PR bullshit trying to make them look good. Like, that's not fun or interesting. That's kind of what Kardashians has become. Like, the middle-tier area of Kardashians when they were famous at that point from the show, but not famous enough that they were, like, complete fucking monopoly over, like, the country the and entire the world. world. was so interesting because it actually gave insight into their lives and their problems. And there's... a the whole aspect of them being like completely out of touch, but like, yeah, they're living a completely different life. You know, to them, we're out of touch with their reality. So I want to know what their reality looks like. And it's not because I support them or I care about them, but I'm just, I'm fascinated. And I think I you're just, on the wrong side for not caring or being interested about other people's lives. Okay. First of all, cool it. Cool your jets. Second of all, I think here's the deal. We've already seen a glimpses of what this show will probably look like through their YouTube channels. It was smart on the PR team's part under Mark's statement to be like, you've only seen little glimpses of our lives and this will offer a more in-depth look. It was a clever statement at first, but then, like, we have seen longer content. They've done these long 
videos for their brand partnerships. They've done YouTube videos. They're so boring. Charlie whispers, okay, we're going to have to crank the volume up. My laptop volume sucks. I'm not going to be able to watch it. And Dixie looks whisper. like she's just perma-stoned. And I don't want to know any more about Noah Beck. I just, oh. And the mom, I, oh, I bet you anything. The mom is just going to give us some, she's really going to be serving up some sob stories. You know, I just never thought my daughters would get here. They were so shy growing up and I never thought that they'd be able to, you know, have their own voices. And, and I just, I'm so bored already. I mean, whatever. What else is there to say? Like, you're going to watch it with me. I'm I'm not. Yes, you are. You're going to watch it the podcast. No, I said someone can fill in for me on those episodes. No, like, if you don't watch it, I'm quitting. Well, if you get an elf, then I'm quitting. Well, then I guess you'll stop being friends with me when I'm a parent, which <laughs> is really fucked up. Oh, so you don't like kids? Okay. Oh, oh okay. So okay. I became a mom and that changed things for you? Yeah. Hmm. The mommy bloggers are quaking. Well, let's see. Let's see if we disagree on this other show news. And I guess we won't have to argue on this because the show isn't going to happen. But we'll, we can talk about whether or not we would have watched it. So for any Hillary Duff slash Lizzie McGuire stands, I'm sure you've seen the news. The reboot has been canceled and will not be moving forward at Disney+. Plus. She posted on Instagram, quote, I know efforts and conversations have been everywhere trying to make a reboot work, but sadly, and despite everyone's best efforts, it isn't going to happen. I want any reboot of Lizzie to be honest and authentic to who Lizzie would be today. It's what the character deserves. We can all take a moment to mourn the amazing woman she would have been and the adventures we would have taken with her. I'm very sad, but I promise everyone tried their best and the stars just didn't align. Hey now, this is what 2020's made of. Oh God. What are your thoughts? I mean, I'm, I'm more just like why I didn't care about this when it, when the news dropped that there was going to be a reboot, reboot, I don't care about it now that we're learning that there isn't going to be a reboot. I think reboots are very much ill advised and never pan out the way we want them to. I mean, let's just look at like the, what's the That's So Raven reboot. There's the Boy Meets World reboot where it's like their kids. I just know. Like, and also I'm like, why do we even have to this isn't really controversial. Like, I'm not mad. I'm just, this is my take, is like, why did she even have to speak to it? Because how many times have we been promised a Friends reboot? It's like once a year we hear about a Friends reboot and it never happens and nobody ever speaks of it. So it kind of made news just because she made that like really dramatic black post on her Instagram with text. But I, I can't say I'm surprised and I can't really say I'm disappointed. Like, it would have been cool. Would I have watched? I mean, sure. But, like, was it going to be good? No, it wasn't going to be good. It's fucking Lizzie McGuire. It wasn't good when it came out. It was only good because we were 13 when we were watching it. That's well, and, and here's the crazy thing. So I started Googling how long Lizzie McGuire was on from because I was trying to remember how old I was. It was on from 2001 to 2004. So that blew my mind because I was literally five years old when it came out. I thought I was older than that. And even though, I mean, granted, it it did Yeah, I know. Let that sink in. I should have put a little pause in there to let our listeners really- crazy. I know. I know. I I was like, I did a deep dive and I went down the rabbit hole because it was a lot different than what I expected to find. And even though, for the record, there were 65 episodes, there were just a lot of episodes per season, there were only two seasons of Lizzie McGuire. Wow. And in my mind, it was like 25. Wow. The Lizzie McGuire movie was 2003. Yes. Wow. So modern for its time. I know. For some reason, I thought I was in middle school and I couldn't have been more wrong. 
Same. I'm actually very, very shocked at this. Huh. Well, and also I forgot because every celebrity has gotten pregnant this year. I forgot that Hillary Duff is also pregnant with her third kid right now. She so is, she has been like popping up a lot. Maybe it's just because I follow her on the wrong side. What show was she on? She was on like a home show. Yeah, she has been doing a lot of interviews. There was even this podcast. Uh, I cannot think of the name of the comedian. She's a woman with dark hair. Her name is Whitney, I think. <laughs> I, uh, I think I know what you're talking about. Go on. Whitney Cummings. Mm, yes. She was on a podcast with her. She made an appearance. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of her too. Okay, well, we need to talk about some things. This is blowing my fucking mind right now. Okay, so I'm on the Wikipedia for shows, programs broadcast by the Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. So Lizzie McGuire ran from 2001 to 2004. That's So Raven ran from 2003 to 2007, which that makes more sense because then I would have been around 10 years old. That yep, that adds up. Bill of the Future was 2004 to 2006. <gasps> Sweet Life of Zach and Cody was 2005 to 2008. Hannah That's Montana. Yeah. Hannah Montana was actually one of the longer running ones from 2006 to 2011. Corey in the House was only two, two years, 2007 to 2008. Not even really two years. Wizards of Waverly Place, 2007 to 2012. I hated that show. And then it gets into the ones where this is kind of like when we were in high school. So like Sunny with a Chance, Good Luck Charlie, Shake It Up, Ant Farm, Dog with a Blog. Like those were all ones that were too old. Like I grew up at that point. I really thought Lizzie McGuire was a big part of my life in middle school and she wasn't at all. She was long gone. Yeah, I mean the reruns must have been incredible because I seriously watched Disney Channel for at least two hours after day, after school every day for years and I feel like I was not old enough dude that's just like super weird that I would have been five I know it felt it feels like in my mind that all of these shows were on and were filming for at least six years each and like when all of those were like two to three what like I would have expected them to be filming when I was like 10 yeah actually wrapped like five years after yeah anyway that's crazy that is just another Another episode of Gen Z Lennials feeling old. I know, god damn it. But yeah, I mean, I think this reboot, I would have actually watched this one. The only other reboot that I did watch was Fuller House, and it wasn't horrible, but also LOL at Lori Laughlin. But my, the biggest red flag came, like, I wasn't shocked by this news of the cancellation because Terry Minsky, who created the show, left the show in January after two episodes were filmed because she was unhappy with the creative direction that Disney Plus was pushing on to Lizzie. And then even Hillary Duff posted on her Instagram in February of this year, literally begging for Hulu to pick up the show. Oh, weird. Which is just a not, not a good vibe. And then she also posted on her Instagram story because, you know, that show Love, Victor, that was... yes off Love, Simon. It moved from Disney Plus to Hulu on account of its content, and she posted a screenshot of that and said, sounds familiar. Huh. So there was just a lot of, like, this was not a surprise because there was a lot, it was a lot of shit brewing, and the storm finally hit, and it's over. I wonder, like, what Hillary Duff is doing, because I follow her sometimes, and she's, like, sometimes getting done up for things, but it's like, have you been in stuff, or what are you up to? She seems happy. And very normal. Like, I feel like she got out unscathed from the Disney Channel darkness that was that era. 
Yeah, I feel like she never went through that crazy, like, party phase that a lot of, like, Miley and, I almost called her Miley and Siley, Miley and Selena and Demi had to go through. Miley and Selena and Demi really went through it. We need to have a whole deep dive on them later, but, okay, yeah, there goes, that's the story, really. Yeah, there you go. Wasn't so bad. All right, on to the next one. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have signed a multi-year deal with Spotify under which the couple's newly formed Archwell Audio Production Company will create programming exclusively for Spotify. Among those will be podcasts hosted and produced by the Duke and Duchess of Sussex themselves with the goal of the overall slate to, quote, build community through shared experience, narratives, and values. Archwell Audio's first podcast series for Spotify is expected to premiere in 2021. Before then, the companies will release a holiday special hosted by Harry and Meghan featuring, quote, stories of hope and compassion in celebration of the new year. In a trailer on Spotify's website, Meghan and Harry explain that their first release will be a holiday special out later this month hosted by themselves and featuring amazing people who will share their memories that have helped shape this past year. Archowell Audio's description of the upcoming podcast explains that the episodes will aim to help people see the world from different perspectives, find the kindness and compassion in humanity, and share unique stories. This news comes three months after they struck a deal with Netflix as well. So here's the thing. First of all, when that Netflix news came out, I feel like we just really need to give a shout out to my wonderful friend Haley because she is in tune with all things royal news and texted me immediately after this Netflix deal happened and we meant to cover it and then we never did and then this news happened and she reached out to us again and I'm like Haley justice for you like you really do deserve this news to be covered at least briefly even though you're way more in tune with it than we are but my thing with Harry and Meghan I really liked them at first and now they're just pissing me off because (laughs) here when they left the royal family I was kind of feeling empowered by that. I was like, good for you. You know, like, I think we've all gotten glimpses into the shit that they have to deal with and what that life looks like, even though we'll never fully understand. And I didn't blame them for wanting to just live a normal life, as normal as you can, and trying to escape from it. However, now they're doing a Netflix deal. Now they have this podcast deal. It's like they're living in Hollywood. I, it just pisses me off. Like, if you want a normal life, then why don't you go live in Canada and leave us all alone? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I, so I mean, okay, so the Royals are so interesting and, and this whole Harry and Meghan thing is super interesting, but I also feel like I have a couple holes because I'm not super tuned into all of like the nuances of the Royals and I don't watch The Crown and I don't know everything, but I do know one thing, which is that I absolutely stand Meghan Markle. I don't know if I still do because I haven't really kept up, but when you know the news first broke that they were like together and getting married and then I just looked into her and she's just so beautiful and talented and iconic and her handwriting is incredible if you don't know what I'm talking about it google it <laughs> uh, Haley the your friend Haley who we we struck a interesting conversation who was giving me some more insight into why they're kind of like problematic right now and basically kind of talking about the way that you know if you watch the crown or if you know anything about the royal family in general you know that they all have made so many sacrifices essentially for their country and like especially the queen there's all this like tension between the queen and harry and meghan and it's kind of like fucking crazy that they there's one take which is that it's kind of fucking crazy that they're like oh like i want to be normal and like i want to like have a normal life and like i don't care about the royals and then they leave fucking over the entire royal family and it's like well that's part of being in this family is like you have to make sacrifices and I'm sure there's a lot of people 
in the UK that are like, fuck Meghan Markle for like making Harry leave his family and stuff. But there's a whole other side of the equation, which was like that Meghan Markle was completely sharded on <laughs> the minute she entered the royal family, which made it impossible for her to like do the job of Duchess of Sex- Sussex effectively. And like, a, there was a lot of like racist undertones with all of the issues that she, or the people that, the issues that people had with her being a part of the royal family. Them getting married was like a huge, you know, the, the things that people wrote about her was actually fucking crazy and horrifying. And so it's like, from that perspective, like, why do I not, I don't blame them for leaving. And they have this huge, following like everybody knows who they are they're literally royal so of course they're going to capitalize on that so that they can continue to leave a legacy for their children and you know be as successful as they can because they have those resources so yeah those are my thoughts like I kind of don't know I don't have a stance yet because I don't know enough about them and I want to like learn more but I mean I know how big of a news story it was when they got married, when she was pregnant. Like, anytime there was a life event, she just got fucking sharded on by, like, all of the people in that country. And for what? Like, because she's Black, literally. And because she's not, like, because she's from Canada? I don't know. It was crazy. But I don't know. Tell me what you think. I mean, first of all, when I found out that she was a model on Deal or No Deal, I lost it. I thought that was, like, the funniest thing in the entire world. Good for her. It really is a success story, you know? One day, you're on Deal or No Deal behind a briefcase. The other, the next day, you're with the queen. So, honestly, good on her. You know, she really, she really made her way to the top and then left the top and then is going to be back on top with all this new content. I mean, I get it. I, I get your side of things. I, I do agree that the British media is insanely harsh and that they literally drive people to insanity and justice for Princess Diana. But I just, so I, I don't think they're in the wrong for leaving. And I understand that, you know, they need to make a living for themselves or they, you know, the world does want to hear their story and they do want to know more about what that was like to leave the royal family and what they're up to now. But it just, it rubs me the wrong way that they do a Netflix deal and then they do a podcast. It's like, it's just a little too much all at once for me personally. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Like it's, it's like kind of maybe keep it low key, like do get your like passive income for the next couple years while the attention dies down, but also like why? Like, who cares? Like, well, they're going to do it eventually. So why not? They just come out swinging because they can. And it sounds like they want to do things that are, that leave a positive imprint on the world. Like, it's not just this total money grab. I mean, it is, everything's a money grab if you're making money off of it. Like, you're doing it because it's profitable, right? But, like, this Spotify idea, it's not like they're, like, at least they're not taking advantage of, like, what they know about the royal family or, like, holding anything over their head. They're just, like, we want to leave a positive mark, so we want to do something nice and good. I mean, when I see the content, that's a great point. When I see the content or in, in slash hear the content, maybe I will change my mind. But if it becomes too much of a thirst trap, I'm going to have an issue. And in my perfect world, even though you said they're going to do it eventually, in my perfect world, they wait to do this for a few years. Let the queen die. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, but like for real, this woman has, I mean, I've been binging the crown all month and this woman, even though, you know, she definitely has her downfalls, don't get me wrong. And I, I'm not saying that she's on the right side because we could go, we could take a whole other episode for Queen Elizabeth, but 
this woman has been through a lot, okay? She has been the queen for how long? Uh, she came in, she, like, she began her term serving as a queen when she was 25. Like, this woman has been through the ringer. And you know, her husband is 99. He looks like he's on the verge of death every day. And I just think that they had to probably deal <laughs> with so much when Harry and Meghan left. I just, I feel like this is probably causing more tension and more stress between them. You know, like the fact that they're signing all these deals because God knows that the queen doesn't like information about their family or anything that they're doing getting out without a very strict approval process. And so I just wish that unless for some reason the queen hit them up and said, go ahead, I don't give a shit, then I'd be fine with it. But I just think that there's been so much royal family drama. I wish that they would let things die down or just die, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, if the reason that they, and again- I'm going to go to hell for saying this. Like, someone in the British media is going to track me down. (laughs) If I disappear, you know why. If the reason that they left was because, which is how it seems, was because of, like, a genuine just mistreatment of Prince and Harry, or Prince Harry and Meghan by their own family- they don't, they don't feel that they owe their family anything. Hmm. So, like, who, you know, it's just kind of like, everybody just do your own thing. Like, the queen's going to be okay. Harry and Meghan are going to be okay. I don't know. We'll have to see. And I need to watch The Crown because I need to become more informed before I just, like, spew out my uninformed, uneducated opinions about the royal family. You I just do. really stand Meghan Markle. Like, I, I can't stress that enough. I stand her till the end of the earth just because she's so beautiful. And that's, that's the only reason. I'm going to look up her handwriting as soon as this is over. And it's actually you know a calligrapher. So. Oh, my God. Does she have an Etsy shop? Oh, my God. Like, why doesn't she just do that? Okay, there's an idea. Oh, my God. You're horrifying me right now because how can you not stand her? Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't not stand her. I just don't like this content. It rubs me the wrong way. Dude, her handwriting is the most royal shit I've ever seen. Oh my god, like it gets me going. Gets me going. <laughs> you know what? When the content comes out, we'll probably cover it again because it'll be interesting to see how my thoughts change or remain the same. In the meantime, I will binge the crown and we can talk about it later. Excellent. All right, everybody. So those were our three heavy hitters, I guess you could call them. But we saw so much content on TikTok this week. However, we refused to record a podcast. Can we do 30 the- seconds? Sure. Yeah, I'm down for that. So we we are basically going to cover our top TikTok trends that we saw this week, but we're only giving ourselves 30 seconds to talk about each, which is bound to be a disaster, but we're going to give it a shot. What are we going to start with? And then I'll start the timer. Let's start with Swifty. Okay, the timer. Oh my God, this is going to be horrible. The timer <laughs> starts now. Okay, so basically I'm on Swifty TikTok and they're they're out of control. They're going crazy. Do you want me to just keep talking? You're not going to contribute to this conversation? <laughs> 20 seconds left. So basically she was on Jimmy Kimmel and she said that everybody was like going crazy because they thought that they had this new Woodvale album because they saw Woodvale on her cover art. But actually she explained on Kimmel that that was actually a mistake and Woodvale was actually not supposed to be on that cover album and Jimmy Kimmel asked her to confirm if it was a real and she said, no, it's not real. <laughs> Next. <laughs> you do Frankie Jonas, I'll time you. So stressful. Okay, I'm gonna do Frankie Jonas. Wait, 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 wait. You have to recap the I'm doing it for you. Wait, oh my god, don't time me. Don't start it. Don't start it. Oh my god, Wi-Fi don't fail me now. This is cheating. I'm like having a panic attack. No, I'm just trying to pull up Nick Jonas's. Three, two, one. 
Okay, so Frankie Jonas has taken over TikTok. He's like the newest star, and it's become this big joke that obviously because he wasn't invited to be in the band, that he deserves justice and that we should give him more attention than his brothers have. And so Nick Jonas posted this video with Priyanka, and everybody in the comment section was basically saying, like, oh, you really use Frankie's last name for pro- profit? And like, oh, is this Frankie Jonas's brother? And like, wait, Frankie Jonas has a brother? Like, oh my gee, we found Frankie's brother. And so basically it's just become this big joke where Frankie Jonas is like the newest celebrity, and Nick Jonas posted a TikTok, and Frankie was like, I don't need you, I have TikTok. And he's just become the newest Emilio, and it's like this big joke now, and I love it. And also, the Jonas's need to get off their high horse by done actually okay you did it in 30 I, I added a couple extra seconds there Ooh, oh my god that was exhilarating okay what one do you want to cover now you need to do snapchat memories what's there to cover there's nothing to say oh my god chill with the attitude <laughs> <laughs> I'm just panicking because we're in a hurry okay ready <laughs> next up snapchat memories slash year in review go Okay, so there was a new trend on TikTok where people were talking about their Snapchat memories, which was the year in review on Snapchat where they pull together all of your memories and talk about your year. And some somewhere in their AI, they really fucked up and they just really shouldn't have done it the way that they did it. But basically, they like used some sort of um, advanced machinery to try to learn what was in the photos. And they said some things. And there was one girl who said um, that, that she that Snapchat was like, you really experienced the outdoors. And then she was actually like in the picture going, I'm going to go jump off a cliff. Bye. <sighs> no, that was that was terrifying. Next. Oh my God. Okay, next up we have the SNL Yeet song from last week when Timothy Chalamet hosted. So basically there was a sketch where they performed this song called Yeet and it was like Yeet skirt, pull up Yeet. And then Timothy started laughing and it just it was like this joke about Gen Z music, like being trash, and it went viral <laughs> on TikTok and it's literally on Spotify now, and everybody was posting about it. And um and then every, somebody made a comparison that it sounded like Ross from Friends and um, Jackson from Hannah Montana, which is so true. And also apparently Pete Davidson is getting his tattoos covered up, which I don't know how I feel about, but it's just completely gone viral and SNL definitely knew what they were doing when they paired the two of them together. Done. That was the best one yet. Good job. <laughs> okay, so that was, I feel like we might need to do this at the end of every episode now. But I do too. This isn't a TikTok trend, but Audrey and I did have a conversation yesterday about Kristen Wiig because she hosted Saturday Night Live last night, and we're just going to try to recap our general thoughts of Kristen Wiig in the next 30 seconds together. Should we do a minute so we can both talk? You're so right. Should we do like 30 and 30 or just we can overlap? Let's do 30 and 30. Do you want to start? I'll start. Okay, one minute on Kristen Wiig. Ready, begin. Okay, so very first thing is that she started off with her monologue. She's wearing a beautiful silver dress. It looks iconic. She has gotten some work done, but I respect that. She just looks a little different. Her lips are a little plumper. Her cheeks are a little bit plumper. I'm here for it, though. Whatever makes her happy. She also had twins this year. Didn't know that. Very happy for her. They started off with the secret word. Um, I fucking love that sketch. I'm really glad that they did that. I'm really upset that they didn't do more previous sketches. I was really hoping for a Garth and Cat moment, but you know what? You can't have it all. Um, also really enjoyed the Christmas tune digital short, but I know you're going to touch on that because I know it's your favorite but I just have to say that it was very iconic go yes so Kristen Wiig I loved her episode overall definitely probably the best of the season so far Dua Lipa was an absolute queen but I was a little disappointed that there was no Target Lady or Californians I was expecting more cameos from maybe Fred Armisen or Bill Hader but it's fine I guess it's COVID but overall my thoughts on Kristen Wiig she deserves so much more hype she's not ranked as one of the best all-time SNL cast members and she should be and she deserves as much hype as like Melissa McCarthy or uh, anybody else and I just love her so much and she's definitely gotten work done but I hope she comes back more soon any other thoughts five seconds I've also never laughed harder in an SNL episode because I love her so much and everything she says makes me happy and laughs. Time. (laughs) That was fun. We definitely need to do that every episode now. That was so fun. Who needs a PA when you have a timer? We sound like auctioneers. (laughs) 
It's fun talking fast. That was so fun. Oh my it god. I probably, it probably limits our use of the term like as well. Yeah, we always joke about how we need to watch. Watch us listen back and say like like seven times. <laughs> and there's no way I'll be edit I'll be able to edit any of it out because <laughs> That was fun. So what we're gonna do is put a poll on. What we're gonna do is we're gonna put a poll on. We're gonna- what we're gonna do is put a poll on. You're gonna let us know if you like it and if you'd like to see that every episode. And if you would, then we'll go ahead and do that at the end of every so we could even do it for TikTok trend so we could cover every TikTok trend in 30 seconds or less at the end of every episode imagine if, like okay post covid <laughs> post covid if our lives get too busy and we're like we can't we don't have time to record an hour-long podcast we can just do this for every story a hundred percent five minute Please. stories five minute that's, pods every week that's really the fast five <laughs> <laughs> that was so fun Okay, well, look at us. We fucking did it. We recorded in the time spent or the time set for this episode. I hope you guys like this one. It was a little bit different. It was a little more casual. I can't stop talking fast now. I need to chill. I need to slow it down a little. <laughs> we didn't get any new reviews this week. <laughs> so oh, I didn't even think about that. No. I checked. I would love to read new reviews. So if you feel like you want to review us because you're having a great time and you want to tell everybody else how great of a time you're having on Apple Podcasts, then go ahead and leave us a review because that would be just so joyous and we would be more than happy to share your positive remarks with the rest of the cast. You can also find us on Instagram at The Wrong Side Podcast. Again, please follow us. Please DM us if you ever want any tea. If you have any thoughts about anything we love, talking via DMs, it's like my favorite thing. It makes me feel just not so lonely, you know, so. (laughs) And for the love of God, everybody have an amazing Merry, Merry, (laughs) Merry Christmas, please. And as far as next week's episode, which will be the last of 2020, if there's big stories, we will cover them. But if not, we might just do a year in review scandal edition. Mm -hmm. So be thinking about what scandals you'd like us to cover on the next episode. And we will see you then. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Or other holiday season. Bye!